We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Warriors have beaten the Washington Wizards. Welcome to Light Years. I am. Are you good? Are you okay? You know, it's the day after the Super Bowl, two days after my buddy's wedding. Uh, I'm not young like I once was. There, are, there are prices to be paid on my end. But you, uh. you. This is how Draymond <laughs> felt, by the way. This morning, this afternoon, Draymond woke up this morning after the Super Bowl and said, "Holy shit, I'm I'm not ready to play today. I'm not ready to play." So you and Dre, you know, same age, you know. So y'all are about the same same level, uh, same that, level down bad. You have you have no idea how how much of a compliment that I feels know. like to be pretty told on the same age as Draymond because that's not a fact. <laughs> At all. Um, all right, Warriors win 135-126. Um, I feel like, like we should start on what I think. There's really like a couple things that stood out to me in this game, but the biggest ones, Andrew Wiggins. Mm. Uh, I didn't even know if he was going to play today. They mm-hmm. they said he had a – and I'm back. Um, <laughs> you should have done that the whole, the whole, the whole show. They said he had a, uh, uh ankle – spraying and i'm like oh great just what they need you know another player missing time and it's like and it is what it is it's up on the all-star break but it just feels like they've thrown so many games away all year with these situations and uh not only did he play he was the best player on the floor this is this is what he looked like last year when we were just like damn he really took a step that was just elite level andrew wiggins performance 29 points but made all the big buckets both in the first half and second half, brought him back, then closed it out with a little mid-range fadeaway game that, I don't know, we haven't seen from any of the Warriors all season. Like, they, they probably could have used some of those and any of the big losses that they've had, you know? So, good to have him look like that. Like, that, that I think, I mean, I could talk about the defense that he played against Porzingis. He played pretty good defense against the guards as well, a little bit against Beal. But, dude, that mid-range jump shot to close out the game there was kind of everything that the Warriors have been looking for for months now. Yeah, and, and it wasn't just um, the the scoring. Like, Wiggins, outside of a couple of weeks, has been a very consistent shooter for the team. Uh, it was getting downhill. Yep. It was 
drive and kick had some nice assists there and it was four but um i feel like in general always made the right basketball play like so if a guy came to help you know kick it out then you get the extra pass and dante gets a three also seven rebounds look to me wiggins defining quality in the playoffs was like deciding he could out rebound anyone he wanted to when he wanted to and he opened the season rebounding and then he got hurt and since he's been back from being hurt i just feel he's never really found himself so to see him do that like doesn't it feel like the overarching theme of this season is like you feel like they're just not athletic enough and a big part of that is like uh, if Wiggins wasn't right, they really aren't athletic enough. And they tonight, are. He, they aren't. Tonight, he was that two-way wing, you know, two-way wigs, whatever you want to call it. But, like, that that's the type of stuff that's going to matter when I get to playoffs because I have faith in Steph getting healthy and, and playing his mm-hmm. game. And when it matters, Draymond and Clay and those guys. But, like, you need the right amount of, like, athletic kick around yeah. those guys. He, he is the guy that connects all of those. I mean, that was Andre Iguodala's role because – Dude, they've won a ton of championships that it's not like Steph and Clay was athletic. They definitely were about the same that they were now. Um, Clay was obviously way better defensively and laterally. And then same with Draymond. Um, yeah, I mean, seven rebounds from Wiggins tonight from William Mitchell in, in the comments there. Huge, 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 huge. I actually wasn't that big of a fan, even though he was shooting 45% percent early from early in the season from three. Um, I like this version so much better. He's just going right at Porzingis at the rim. And how often have we been frustrated at this team just chucking up threes? I actually thought that he was good against LA. They just didn't give him the ball. It was just Clay, Chuck, Clay, Chuck, Clay, Chuck, and pull Chuck this. And it was just really bad from those guys. And tonight they made a concerted effort to just say, well, if Kendrick Nunn's going to guard you, what are we doing here? What are we like? They don't have a single defensive player on that team outside of maybe Avdia, maybe. And so it's just go at these guys. Scra- man. Denny's scrappy. Yeah. I, like, I, that's I, it. I like the, uh, I Gafford. like that. But Gafford's not bad, but yeah. Your point stands. And so you bring up the second thing, which is like decision making. And I think that was the other really interesting thing here. Look, Clay made way better decisions tonight. And that's it. Yes. Big play. Uh, I, I watched the the Laker game not in real time with you guys, but that just disgusting from Clay. Like no other way around it. And like the uh the Hall of Famer he is, he, you know, he probably watched the film and adjusted to it. So much more just kind of playing in the flow, making the extra pass. Um, and, and that stuff really helps. Like no other way around that. But to me, the big player tonight was Ty Jerome, right? <laughs> um I know. I saw I saw like Steve here, right? Dude, I texted you all game about Ty Jerome, so I'm happy you're bringing it up. Literally, that's all I thought about talked about. I just said, Sam, this is the guy. This is the guy right here. He is the perfect backup point guard for the Warriors. He comes in, he doesn't make mistakes offensively outside of that pick six that he had in the third, but he, he handles the ball. He does he makes the right plays, has a decent enough float shot that he doesn't miss. Gets the guy the ball, doesn't turn the ball over in the possession in the, in the flow of the offense, and then defensively he tries. He's small, he's not super quick, but he tries, right? He tries to get in the right place, and usually smart enough to do that. I guess Virginia guy, I guess, right? Like he played a lot in college, so man, this is a this is a special man. This is a. <laughs> I mean, I I don't even need to hear Steve tonight to know he's going to give some comment like that. About our guy, Ty Perfect Jerome. backup point guard. Perfect backup point guard, especially like these games at home where you just have no energy. The Warriors had no energy in the first quarter. Perfect guy to bring in. 
And, and I think it's um, so, so like, you know, if who's more talented, Ty Jerome or Jordan Poole? Obviously, Jordan Poole. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, he's put up 40, what, like multiple times this year? Like, he can, he's going to have a 50 point game in the NBA. Like, he's explosive. He can do anything. But like, with this Warriors team, sometimes it feels like it, trying to make him play point guard puts a lot of pressure on Bingo. other guys to be the point guard, Bingo. mainly Draymond Green. Uh, and tonight, particularly with Wiggins and Clay feeling it offensively and being a little more in the flow offensively, I think it, it makes more sense to have like Ty Jerome, who's more of like a traditional point guard, you know, moving the ball around. Uh, then having, you know, because you want Jordan Poole out there for scoring, right? That I think that's the best way to put it. Actually, I kind of, I jokingly said like, hey, you got to start Ty Jerome and just bring Poole off the bench. And that's a little dramatic. That's not, one, that's not going to happen. Two, it shouldn't happen. But I think the gist of it is that you do want to have Jordan Poole be a scorer. That's it. When he had 12 assists, the game and, and the Warriors kept saying, like, that's his best game, that's his best game, that's his best game. It was obvious the players and coaches were kind of telling him, like, hey, this is how you should be playing, right? But that's not who Jordan Poole is, so it's actually kind of unfair, right, to ask him to play like that because Jordan Poole's not that type of guy. If you if you want if you want him to be that type of guy, like, go get a Chris Paul type, right? Like, that's just not who – Poole plays like Clay and Steph. Like, he wants to play like those guys. He's a and, scorer. Like, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a scorer's mentality first. And I actually think he's really grown as a playmaker, but like same way you're you're not going to turn Clay into Chris Paul, you're not going to turn Jordan Poole into it either. Even Steph, I mean, even Steph, it's like Steph. Steph when his shots off a little bit, but Steph's so great, like he's such an all timer that he can go get into his Chris Paul bag. But that's because he's Steph. Jordan Poole is still like I watched the Jazz tonight. I don't know why I watched so much Jazz this season. I don't know, but I watched Jordan Clarkson. And he's to the point in his career, and he's a lot older Andy, than Paul. Andy, like, plays like he's the total casual and knows nothing that's going on. Deep down, all he does is text me about the fucking Thunder and the Jazz. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, listen. Telling you the th- I know you love the Thunder. They're going to be a playoff <laughs> team next season. Six seed, five seed, they're going to mm-hmm. be fucking Jalen Williams. Um, But I just, I watched Jordan Clarkson. Santa, Santa Clara or uh, Arkansas? <laughs> Who's the wing one? Who's the wing one? Santa Clara. Yeah. That's like Santa Clara. I love him. I love him. I think he's going to be a star. I don't, the other one's not as good. Um, but I think that's the guy that Poole needs to model himself after. Jordan Cole doesn't make. I mean, Jordan Clarkson just, just he just gets buckets, right? All right, we got a comment here. From our guy, no cap. I'm a huge Poole fan, but let's be honest. More than likely, they flip him in the offseason for bench depth. Um, This is a good comment. I mean, look, the thing about Jordan Poole is I never really concern myself with any of that stuff when he's on a rookie deal. Like, any way you slice it, he's making three-ish million. He's over-exceeding, you know, what he's getting paid to do, right? Like, even if he is just a six-man, he's better than his salary. Next year, when the big money hits, that's when the tougher decisions come. Like, can you afford to have a... 28 to 30 million dollar guy who may not be in your closing lineup because you don't know if uh you know he can fit around Steph and Clay in a defensive way or um or or do you ride with it because let's be real they're 9 and 10 without Steph this year if they don't have Jordan Poole what's their record four wins probably 
Right. Yeah, it's, so it's five wins, maybe. That's yeah. like, you can focus on all the negative you want, but like Steph's probably a 55 to 60 game a season player. You got to have a plan for the 25 games he's not playing. Uh, and even if Jordan's imperfect, he's something, you know? He, he right now is very much an 82 game player. He, mm-hmm. The Warriors need him to get through the regular season. Now, to your point about him not closing games, he didn't close games last season. Like they figured out as they got deeper in the playoffs that, yeah, Jordan Poole was going to they get him out there to crush those second quarter minutes, those bench minutes, which is what he did, especially against Boston. He had a few nice games there. But if you're talking about closing a game against John Morant, closing a game against Luka Doncic, he wasn't out there. Much better to have someone like GP2 out there. And so I, I think it's a good point. At the end of the day, though, they got to choose, right? They do have to choose, or do they pay the tax one more season and wait for Clay to come off the books? I don't know. It's mid-February. <laughs> I right, guess we, right. don't, we don't need to spend too much time on it, but I do think that is something that the Warriors are thinking about. He's also probably the guy, and the last thing on this, he's also probably the guy, if you're going to trade someone, highest trade value? Like, who has higher trade value? Him or, I mean, I mean, him Steph, or Draymond, right? But, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, take, yeah. Take, yeah. take that out. But yes, okay, taking Steph off the table. Wiggs, um, maybe? Maybe? Um, it's either Wiggins or Poole if you're another team, just because of age and, and years and contract, that sort of thing. So, like, if you want to shake the whole thing up, it's got to be one of those two guys. And I just don't know how you justify trading Wiggins when you can't. it's so you can't. hard to find wings um, who do the things he does. And, like, I'm going to talk about this later, but, like, part of getting GP2 back is it's wing defense, right? And are you with me staff plus Draymond plus wings who can defend is essentially always going to win a title. Am I with you? Yeah, we've seen it forever. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm with you. Right. Absolutely. At minimum, we know the formula. So it's like, I can't give that guy up. Even if, uh, you know, you might be able to get like, you know, eight picks, whatever, you know, shout out Rudy Gobert, you know, but like, yeah, I I do. I, I want to end it on this. We got months before that decision, and it's like it's not like you and I have don't text about it or think about it. It's like, what if they flip him for this and they do something like that? It's just like there's no point to get into it because none of that none of that can happen before the summer anyway. Yep. Okay. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That does remind me, we got a couple super chats to get to. Awesome. Sam having a midlife crisis. Uh, Must yeah, have been the but, shades. Must have been the shades. But, like, come on, man. If you've been watching the pod, I've been having that for years. Um, 
<laughs> they only have one dude above 6'9", counting PBJ. Is a buyout needed? This is a good one. Did you see the quote this afternoon? I know you're on a flight, but did you see the quote this afternoon? I did about... actually have it in okay. the rundown, so Ooh. maybe I'll maybe I'll pull it up right now. But but keep going. Ooh. No no no, throw it because I I, I want to talk about it and it feels like a problem. Uh, it feels like to me they're not going to get a buyout guy. That's what it feels like to me with what Bob was saying this morning. Um, I, all right, I got I got the quote up. Um, appreciate our guy. Awesome. Oh, we thinking up, the same but thing. But let's we're thinking the same thing. I, I hope we're thinking the same thing. Yes, we are. There you go. Look all at right. look at us. Look at Bob. John, I don't think you guys got immaculate hair. How do you feel about eyes on this team right now? And does that affect the buyout market at all? Yeah, we'll have to look at the buyout market. I think much like last year's deadline, we moved forward with Looney and and, uh, Draymond, who have kind of split minutes in the regular season. Jamichael's, I guess, what you'd call our other big. Last year, we had a couple other kind of non-traditional bigs uh, that – Elites is not in the NBA, so I can talk about him, but like a shooting big who did a nice job and then another good player that helped us. Um, and uh, we, you know, we hope that we have enough, but we'll look and see. It's it's also determinative of how the coaches will use that player. For for us to say, here's a big guy, um, and the coaching staff to say, well, we're not playing that guy. It doesn't matter if he's seven feet tall or eight feet tall. Oh, whoa. Any buyout conversation has to be done uh, in collaboration with the coaching staff because why bring a player in if they're not going to use them? But if there's a player that the coaching staff and the front office thinks can be helpful, absolutely, we'll go target that guy. But um, not, not – there's a good John Wooden quote. Don't, don't confuse activity for achievement. Ooh, one, that's a bar. The buyout market, here's so-and-so, and the guy's sitting on the end of the bench. Because for us, it's three, four million, I don't know, it's $3 million or something like that, which which Joe has done and would do. Um, but that's the conversation with the coach. Bob's sitting here going, that could be that could be three to four on my salary. So I'm not bringing someone in. No. That was a fascinating <laughs> minute of uh, of Bob Myers. I feel like he's gotten a little more transparent as he's kind of maybe out the door here. Uh, I, last few it's, not the, it's not the most important part of it, but I love he goes to the same two to three John Wooden quotes all the time. How many times have you heard, isn't it amazing what we can achieve if no one cares about who gets the credit? Like I've heard that one like five times. Um, but yeah. Okay. So I think I know the part of that quote that you think is most interesting. Yeah. He's just basically saying, look, I can get a guy, but if Steve doesn't give a shit, what's the point? Like I can go get, Serge Ibaka, but Steve Kerr doesn't want him. So why the hell do I, you know what I mean? He's not going to play. And I think that directly actually talks about Wiseman in, in dire- directly slash indirectly is about James Wiseman. It's like, look, man, we got Wiseman. We, we liked him and Steve does not going to play him and we got to move him. Right. Like it's, it's, it's something like that when he talks about seven footer, eight footer, because I mean, Wiseman's one of the biggest guys in the NBA. So anyway, this isn't about Wiseman, but to, to the point about the bigs, I think, it's uh, it's fascinating to me. It feels like right now that it's probably not going to happen, Sam. Right? It feels like they're going to convert either Ty Jerome, who we just talked about had an awesome night, or Anthony Lamb. Oh, who, it's Anthony yeah. Lamb. You um, think you think it's going to be not between the two? You think it's just going to be? You're just saying like no buyout. It's Anthony Lamb. So, I think he's basically saying Steve is saying X player won't play. I'd rather just have. Anthony or Ty, you know? So like, I agree with you there. Um, My gut tells me it's going to be Anthony lamb for positional reasons. 
not because like I ironically like Ty Jerome I think is an NBA player I think the Warriors are gonna give him a contract next year I think he's gonna be really good for the team like he he He's not, he's not as good as Dante, but I think he'll replace Dante by next year for them, you know, like that sort of thing. But, like, when you look at what they need going into the playoffs, they need another wing they feel comfortable at the 3-4 minimum, right? Yep. Um, and, you know, he's not big, but he plays big. So I, I think that's what it comes down to. Like, who who's who would Steve Kerr play, to your point? Serge Ibaka or Anthony Lamb? Yeah, I mean, he's playing the guy that can make a three that knows the system. I also don't even know if he likes someone like him. Here's another one now. Jermichael Crane had a great game tonight. Great game tonight. Just energy big. He, just a bunch of threes. he's played well for a few weeks now, right? Hurt his hand. Hurt his hand. And now I'm kind of curious. Steve Kerr kind of saying like, hey, he, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Again, they've got 10 days off after, after tomorrow, after the Clippers. So... He's got a bit of time off, but you know, maybe what if he's hurt for an extended amount, right? Okay, and that, that, that changes the calculus because that's the other part of the equation with Jamichael coming around, and like we can, you know, we can we can discuss what he can't do, but like he's filling the role of that third energy pick, right? Huge, um, huge. If he has a physical limitation that makes you question if he can do that, maybe you're more interested in entertaining, uh someone like Ibaka, like a, a buyout guy that the words would only use at five. Um, yeah. So maybe that changes the calculus. Cause to me, what I was going to say is like, S- Steve's almost, it, it sounds to me like he's like, I need a guy with versatility more than I need another guy to stick at the five because like, I got Draymond, I got yeah. Looney. And at this point I feel comfortable with Jamichael being the third option. But like when the playoffs come down to it, I'm just playing those first two anyway. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. Those guys are. Playing yeah. Anyway, so, so, so it's like, if, if like that's your mindset, I get the idea of like preferring a wing to a big. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I guess we gotta track it because like if the, if the Jamichael thing with his hand is is actually bad, maybe that changes. Maybe that changes things. I, and I think that was that. That's what the trade deadline was for. It's not the buyout market. It's not for that. Like, there's no guys out there that are gonna be. Like Steve Kerr is going to say, all right, we got him. We have to play him in the, the eighth man minutes. There's no guy out there. That guy was GP2. The Warriors got him, which, you know, we're going to talk about here. Um, but that that's the guy. And he's out for a month. So, you know, like the Warriors are kind of out of options. There's not really like even whoever they get even in the bio market isn't going to come in here and start stealing minutes unless, unless I, I don't know, Dario Saric. I guess that's like the best guy. But is he going to play like real minutes? So. Yeah, man, I, I don't know who Star- they can get Star- that's realistic. Sarge should be interesting because he's kind of he's not a wing, but he's kind of like a four. He's five. like an Olenic type. Like he can move sure. a little bit, shoot a three, can pass a little bit, play a little bit of deep. Like he can do all these things a little bit, right? And he's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, all these things in three minute shifts before he's <laughs> exposed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like you watch, like Jermichael Green, same thing. He, he mm-hmm. does really good stuff, and then he plays too much, and you're like, oh my god. Same with Ty Jerome. It's like he's really good, and then all of a sudden he's on the court for too long, and it's not good, right? So, I like this qu- comment from mm. from Shiny Hexorius, and apologies if I mispronounce that. In my opinion, Dre is having his second best defensive season. Andy Lou, do you agree or disagree? It's like his sixth, maybe Ooh. best defensive season. What? Like this is not even close to his best the best defense. Now, like a part of it is everyone sucks around him defensively, so I don't. You know, it kind of makes it look bad in the aggregate, but 
Draymond's been better than this. He's been better than this in 1314. He's been better than this in 1415, 1516, 17. Like, he's been better than this in all those championship seasons. I just think it's different because in those seasons, he had great defenders around him, too. And this season, it's kind of been, well, I got Looney and then everyone else. Like, how happy do you think Draymond was when he found out that the Warriors got GP2? I can't imagine his reaction. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's it's, it's a fair point about the entire situation. And I feel like that's it's time probably for us to have the the GP2 discussion then. Yep. Um, I'm going to pull this up real quick for you. But Bob Myers, so so the trade goes through Sunday. Can I ask you, what did you think? We didn't get to talk on Saturday. Um, yeah. uh, I listened, but like, wh- what did you think of the entire saga because you don't see that sort of thing happen every day here's my thought they really don't want wiseman back they really didn't want wiseman (laughs) back is what it is they did not want they do not care gp2 in a month maybe two months maybe three maybe the rest of the season in a postseason run we don't care amputation we don't stephen a smith we don't care we don't (laughs) care and all that fuss about we're maybe going to not do this trade or we want to get picks back or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, No. If I was Portland, I would have been, go ahead. Nick's a trade. Go ahead. I dare you. No way the Warriors were ever going to do that. That's how I felt. What would you think about them with, with all the medical stuff? Because, uh, you know, Toradol, um, first we thought they were injecting him. And then, you know, it comes out, it's more in pills. To me, it's pretty no, interesting. To me, it's pretty interesting that um, the two medical staffs are very unaligned on this one. Like, it, it, it really does. Maybe this is a me thing. I think Rick Salabrini is the most interesting man in the world because no one talks to him. He's like the most, like, he hides from media, but he has, like, more control over the Warriors than maybe Steve Kerr. Like oh, wow. he literally, he literally held the whole trade up because he did not agree with their medical assessment. Woo. That's powerful. Yeah. You know? Wow. Um, and we never hear from him publicly. Like you get like a puff piece about what he does. And like, obviously he's very good at his job and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not insinuating anything other than that, but it's just like for someone who is that influential in the organization, like, deciding Draymond's rehab to get him back on the court for the playoffs last year with the back issues, um, rehabbing clay staff to just have zero front facing. Uh, it's interesting, right? You know, it, 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 honestly, good. I don't want to hear from the medical guy, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but, but here, no, seriously, yeah, I hear he, from enough of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, he, he's, but he's done a great job, right? He's the guy that you can argue outside of the players and the coaches, he's the guy that made last season's championship happen. He got Draymond healthy by the end. He got Steph healthy by the end. He got GP2 healthy for the NBA Finals, right? Like, he got guys back healthy. He got Klay Thompson back healthy. Um, and, and and looks like Klay might even play. News is coming out. Klay might even play tomorrow on the end of the back-to-back, right? And so it looks like Klay oh. is getting healthier and healthier by the game, and thanks to Rick Celebrini. So, uh, to your point, though, <laughs> dude might be more powerful than... Uh, <laughs> Look at him! Look at his face. That's look our guy. That's our guy. This is the man who who saved the dynasty. Um, 
I'm just, I'm just saying for someone who has that big of a role in the organization <laughs> to be relatively behind the scenes, yeah. you know, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. You remember Chelsea Lane? We never heard from her, but I do think back then, like it didn't. The Warriors didn't have many injuries, right? Like it was kind of just the Steph stuff. They were younger; they didn't have to go through all this stuff. So. Well, it was, it was less important, like right, yeah. it, like to yeah. to the to the broader point. The core is all old and injured. Like it, it's, it's <laughs> every week, every week. No, they're like the Spurs back in the day, and it's like yeah. your ability to get these older players who still can play at a high level, but like uh, maybe not every game to peak at the right time is a very important characteristic. I believe that Rick Celebrini was the guy that worked on Steve Nash. Correct. No, I, that I is, that is I don't correct. know if I'm right. Okay. That's, that's where he, um, he gained his reputation in terms of like broader public. And he did a great knowledge. job, right? And, um, and he worked with Nash when Steve Kerr was the GM of the Suns. So his claim to fame was helping Nash extend his career. And that's why they hired him because it's like extend Steph's career, like make that prime go from 34 to 38. This, this is all like public right. knowledge right. stuff. And like, you know, it, it, look, we'll get, we get Dr. Pandy on here for, for medical stuff. So I'm not going to opine on whether I know, like I understand his methods. It's not my thing, you know, but like that's, that's his backstory to be yeah. clear. Yeah, and and the comments are killing it right now. So from Bag Broach over there, he says Steve Nash says Celebrini gave him four additional seasons. I mean, look, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, and then from Clay Thompson, who you know it's got to be the real Clay Thompson in the comments. Fun fact: Rick Celebrini's son is projected to go number one overall next year's NHL draft. That I can't be. Wow. Anyway, fun facts from the YouTube from the YouTube live. So Cele- Celebrini is is from uh, the Vancouver area. So he is, uh, you know, he is from an area where people play hockey. So it's it's possibly true. Actually, wow. my favorite Celebrini fact is he he was a professional soccer player in Canada, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and then he uh, basically had some bad procedures done, which mm-hmm. shortened his career, which is how he got into. You know, it's just like the peak. Like, I, if only if only I knew what I should have known back then my career would have gone different type of guy, you know? Yeah. And then he became a sportsman. Look, I'll, hey, by the way, he's, he's right. He's, I'm, I'm saying he's super interesting. I, I think it's super interesting. Yeah. It's a, he, I mean, I'm looking at Macklin Celebrini. He is the odds on favorite to be the number one pick. This guy, you know, Rick Celebrini, we might need to do 30 minutes on Rick. <laughs> Next well, spot. I, you, everyone wants to do, th- no one can get access to him. Wow. I think our way in is pivoting light years to hockey. Um, <laughs> Start becoming the number one home of Macklin Celebrini content, and then we will. We're gonna get our way in. Yeah. Like wow. That. Well, I mean, the Sharks could draft them. Sharks suck, right? I don't watch hockey anymore because Sharks are terrible. Maybe they can go draft him with a number one pick. Might. This mean, is yes. amazing. This what, is amazing. Wow. What if the Sharks are tanking to get Rick Celebrini's son, son, so they could get Steph courtside? That's yeah, so courtside. Ice side <laughs> at Sharks games. Genius. Have you ever been to a Sharks game? Of course. I've never uh, I heard it's amazing. I it's I, I don't know why I don't go. I've only I mean, I'm not gonna say I go to a ton of sharks games, but like two to three in my lifetime. I'm so two more three sub more. in. It, it is fun. You would enjoy yourself. Um but it was a while ago. So well, we'll see. Shout we're out gonna get the, we're gonna get the crossover fan emailing us just telling us how we just butchered and misrepresented Good. the sport of <laughs> hockey and they're never gonna listen to light years again. Um so preemptively 
I apologize to you personal emails. <laughs> to the GP2 thing, we didn't actually talk about this, but okay, so he's going to be out for at least a month. Yeah. Where is it? Are you concerned about that? Where's your head with that? It's weird. Uh-huh. It's weird. I, I feel like that means a six minute. Uh, uh, sorry. It feels like a six minute, six week recovery. Wow. My hangover is just as bad as yours. Six week recovery. Um, Cause usually what they do is they give us the initial timeline mm-hmm. to reevaluate. And then from there, they, that it tells me that they think he's going to be able to start doing basketball stuff within three to four weeks. And then it's the ramp up process. And then he'll be ready to play probably two weeks after. Ramp so up. what? Five weeks, six so weeks off. Six. Yeah. 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 I was, so six weeks puts us at like end of March. Um, I will say because he's played with the team, I'm not super concerned about them needing a lot of time to insert him. Um, and I've talked myself up into this one big time. Uh, because the West is mediocre and honestly, they need another like lockdown perimeter guy. And they went and got one of the best ones in the Badly. league. If he's healthy. Yes. They, like, like how many guys are on GP two's level? Uh, Drew holiday, Drew, maybe Caruso. Um, yeah, that's probably, co- probably a couple of names we're not thinking about, but the point is it's top five, right? Um, you have him locked in and you have Wiggins. Now you can match up with all these super teams in the West. You know, you go up against Dallas, GP, you're hounding Kyrie. Wiggins, you're on uh Luca. You're on Luca. And then we got Kuminga and Dante off the bench in smaller roles where they can be a little more effective, kind of guarding those guys for small stretches, right? Um, you go up against the Suns. With their you know new super team, you put you put GP on book, you put Wiggins on KD, same thing. Uh, I just think it's I think it's going to have such a bigger impact than like what you would think getting someone like GP two would typically have because like they needed one specific skill set to unlock a lot of things. And what it unlocks, the one that you didn't mention. Here's what it unlocks: it unlocks Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green doesn't have to play one-on-one defense, which is not really his forte. Draymond Green is the best help side, weak side defensive players I have ever seen in my life. And this allows him to do that. He doesn't have to go and guard someone one-on-one on the perimeter. He doesn't do that well anymore. So what he can do now, by the way, uh, Lois tangent, Chris, Chris Perkisingas down six, trying to go at Draymond Green with a minute left in the post. I, I saw that and I know... KP at 32 tonight, but I, I looked at it and I said, yes, that's not happening. That's no chance. Not a chance. This is, like, this is, this is big gym basketball. Yeah, come on. <laughs> hey, man. Just, oh, hey, you know, you know, James could, you know, you get, Porzingis didn't have a very good few years, first few years of his career. So maybe. No, actually, I think they're very similar. They is, are. Is it, it feels yeah. that way. feels that way a little bit. And KP's kind of figured it out, it feels like, even though I don't. Yeah. Not great he is, but I mean, dude's been killing it this season. So maybe he's figured out. Maybe that's what Wiseman does in, uh, in Detroit. Which, <laughs> why does why did Detroit make that move when they have bigs that are really good? I don't get it, but I don't know. Maybe story for another show. But they're gonna get Wembenyama and have the first five big lineup. They saw Orlando, you know, with, with like Paulo at like the shooting guard or something. It's like we're we're one upping you. We're going all seven footers. I know you watch Orlando. You know how good they are right now. 
They're legitimately a really good basketball team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my guy, my guy, uh, Franz Wagner, Gabon Kara, they got they got Fultz in there, and then Jalen Stone. Anyway, that Magic team is legit. Yeah, see, this this comes back to my point where, like, secretly you're the bigger hipster than me. Um, you, you let me take all, like, the fame for being, like, the dorky hipster online, but deep down all you want to do is, is is fucking text me about Franz Wagner. But he is amazing, man. He is. Woo! Good thing Kirk can't ruin him, right? Good thing he's not on the wall. <laughs> Stop. Um, all right, we got a couple other comments to get to here. All right, uh, Paratosh. Thoughts on Myers and Kerr said about the buyout market. Feel like there's some friction between the coaching staff and front mm. office. Technically, we answered this before I threw the chat up there, so I apologize to you, my friend. Um, do you have, I, I want one final thought on this is uh, it, it does feel like the coaching staff is very stubborn with, with what they want in general. Which segues, I think, into a couple things. Uh the two young wings, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. Kaminga, pretty bad tonight again, but I just, I, you know, I take that back. He wasn't, he wasn't bad. He, he just didn't make that big of an impact. But I think Steve is so tough on these guys that yeah. when he sees Kaminga make a, Kaminga get, gets a backdoor get, or gets backdoored, and he's done for the rest of the game. And I think that's unfair, Bums. man. That's yeah. Well done. Wow. You're like switching sides today. Uh, it's just, it's unfair to the kid. And I think Moses Moody, he played some really good minutes in the first half. And he played in the fourth quarter. In a, he plays about a minute and a half, I think, shoots a three, air balls, and he's done for the rest of the game. And so I think those guys are, are given a, it's really hard for them to crack the rotation. It's really hard to gain confidence. And then I also think like guys like Patrick Baldwin Jr. have shown that they could probably play five, 10 minutes game, and they just don't. And that's where, I think it's unfair because I watch guys like Tyrone make mistakes. I watch guys like Anthony Land make mistakes repeatedly every single game. And those guys seem to get a longer leash. And those guys aren't lottery picks. And so hey, I, yeah. I, it's tough. It's tough. I, I feel bad for guys like that. Like I, I agree with you specifically on the, the Kaminga front um, where he was he was fine. But like he probably should have got more rope than 13 minutes tonight. Like he didn't take yeah. particularly bad shots. He didn't make particularly terrible decisions. There was one turnover that was kind of a head scratcher, but like if we're really going to play that like game, the rest every, of the team, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's yeah. going to have some talking to do on that front. He competed on defense and like, particularly on the Kuminga side, I, I just keep coming back to it. It's like, they need his defense. He needs to, you need to be able to count on him for 15 to 20 minutes a game in the playoffs. And going unnecessarily hard on him against the Washington Wizards right. is not the way to get him there. You know, it's not. So uh, it's one of those things where it's like penny wise, pound foolish. They should probably do better. Steve should probably do a little, be a little calmer with that guy. Cause like overall, I disagree with you. So yep. yeah, it's tough. I, I think that's what happened. So that's what happened to James Wiseman. We go back to that issue. It's, I'm sure they like him as a person, but they're not going to give him the minutes to play, and he can't he can't do anything with it. So but why I waste his time? I think there's a. I think there's a. I, I don't like comparing him to Wiseman because that's kind of a kind of a cop out in the sense of Kuminga can stick to the game plan, but he'll make mistakes the way like bench players do. Wiseman couldn't even stick to the basics of the game plan. You know, like it, you couldn't stick him on the floor, honestly. 
Like he, and maybe you're right. Maybe he just needed to play more and have a little more rope, but like Kuminga is out here making the same amount of mistakes as someone like lamb, but he's being punished for it per se. I think that's the way to where, whereas, um, you know, Wiseman, it was like, we, we just can't put him out there. It's it's a much different thing. Yeah. At at that point they were wasting each other's time. Yeah, Yeah. Good. Like good riddance for both of it. Uh, Vincent saying pool for OG less money helps keep Dante. I mean, look, man, if Masai is going to give the Warriors uh, OG and Obi for pool, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll help. We'll, we'll pitch in on the gas. Uh, Fred Van Vliet's gone in the offseason, which again, Masai Jerry, what are you doing? I get that. You know, you're a good GM and you've made some great trades and you won with Kawhi. You made the trade that won the Toronto championship. Uh, but come on, man. They, they're keeping that team together. And anyway, I thought that was stupid. Pool for OG. I don't see it. Masai likes a tight. They're the, they're also like the Orlando Magic. They love their 6'8 to 6'10 wings and bigs. Don't think that they'll want Jordan Poole. But who knows? But who knows? A little pie in the sky. That would be like a great case scenario. But, you know. This is what it is. Um, last game before the All-Star break tomorrow, the Warriors will be going into the All-Star break at worst 500, so probably, oh, yes. five, probably oh, 500. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah. then we're back. It's, it's just a weird season. That's my, my main take is it's a fucking weird season. It is. It feels like, I guess the only thing, I, we'll get out of here with some optimism because uh, um. Because the Warriors won, so they're not really optimistic. And Steph was on the sidelines today. He talked pregame. We didn't get to that, but he talked pregame. Basically said, like, hey, he's not doing anything basketball-related right now. So assume that the next nine days, ten days that he's going to be off is, is just all for rest, uh, which is good. The Warriors got lucky. They didn't get lucky with injury, but they got lucky with the All-Star break coming up. And um, I think the Warriors are gearing up for the last two and a half, three weeks of the season, right? It feels that way. They'll have GP2 back to us, Steph back, and say – Let's go six and one or something like that. And let's go into the playoffs either at the hopefully the six seed or the five seed. But going to try to be the first team to win the title with the 42 and 40 record. I I, I think that's what they're going to probably finish. Honestly, at. you know, yes, today I kind of had an epiphany where I'm like, I don't care what their record is. I don't care yep. if they're the six seed. This West is so garbage uh, that none of it matters. All that matters is that they're healthy in the right series. Can I one-up you? Because I had this epiphany today. I shit you not. I'm not even lying. <laughs> I had this epiphany today. I don't care if they're a playing team. I just don't care. Just get in get in somehow, some way. I just don't care. So I'm with you. Like, I, it, Can they be the 60? Great. If they're not, you're telling me, Steph, to, GP2, to, Wiggs, to all those it, guys healthy? Let it ride. To me, it completely depends on the year. And most years, what they're doing would, you know, kind of fuck them, honestly. Uh, but this year? Maybe not, you know, like, <laughs> like the top three seeds are going to be the Grizzlies who we know are chokers. The Sacramento Kings love them. My favorite team to watch in the league. Yeah. yeah but yeah. Be, yeah, let's be on. real about yeah. it. If they get, they don't want to draw the Warriors. Yep. And the Denver Nuggets who I think are not fraudulent, but like they're always going to go through them anyway. So uh, it's not really that bad. You know, it's like one of those. I hate going down this alley, but it's just like, it's look, just get there healthy. Mavs and Suns and Clippers in the four, five, six. Do any all, of those teams, right? Do any how, of those teams, how are many, you petrified? 
how many of those, how many games is KD, Booker, whatever their roster is going to play together? 10, 15, maybe. With no background chemistry. No. I know. That's a hard one. I watched Dallas tonight too. Tough one. Like that's a team that's just like, what do we do? You talk about no depth. Same with the Suns. No depth and no defense. I'm just Theo, not. Theo Pinson not keeping you up at night. He made a couple threes. Didn't make a call. I do like Josh Green. I know you like your Josh Green too, but just come on, man. Like, what guys, what are we doing here with these teams? Yeah. What are we doing here? It, which is why I said a couple pods ago, I would love to see the Nuggets win the championship if it's not the Warriors. Just It would just be fun to see a team just build through kind of a homegrown way and have those guys build chemistry for five plus years. And, you know, it'd be cool to see that. I don't know. I I'm I'm with you in the sense of I'm I'm only tipping my cap to teams who like authentically build teams. Now I want none of this. I want none of this. You know, we got Rui Hachimura and Malik Beasley crap. So, I mean, they're not even gonna make the plan. So let's be, they lost, they got blown out tonight on the road, which just makes the Warriors look even worse for, for that, whatever performance the Warriors threw out there on Saturday night. But LeBron looks like someone who can't even get on the court. These are must win games and he can't play. I mean, this is, this is not good. It's not good. It just, I'm sick of these teams doing this in the trade deadline. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sick of the Suns. Like, uh, I mean, not not gonna lie, little little Spider Man meme right here in terms of like garbage play before the deadline (laughs) criticism. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Let's just end it there. Appreciate everyone. We'll be back.